Hello, welcome to the Messy Truth Leadership Podcast. This is where we share stories of the real world, what we call the messy truth, about leading and leadership. I'm Gavin, and here's Nikki. Hi, Gavin. Hi there, What Nikki. are we going to talk about today? Yeah, well, we've been, we've been thinking about this for a while, about the, the, the topic of feedback, because you and I spend a lot of time with clients uh, talking about how important feedback is and talking to, to them about how to get feedback and, and how to deal with it. And, and so we've been wondering about how to address this topic. And in preparing for this conversation, you and I decided that it may be more helpful to focus on how to deal with feedback once you've received it, rather than the process of how you get feedback. Because as we know, most organizations these days have processes in place every six months or every year. There are ways you you receive feedback about your performance. Some of them are more formal, some of them are more informal. There are apps available now where you can get quick feedback from people, which is all very helpful, but that's all kind of mechanistic and process oriented. So we thought we would talk today about once you've got the feedback, how do you deal with it? Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So I think maybe, again, two or three how-tos would be helpful for, for listeners. I'll kick off, if you like. And the, the first one, so, so let's, let's create a scenario. So I've got feedback. So I've been advised and I'm now, I've now practiced at asking for feedback. And um, I asked how I showed up in, the, in a particular situation. And I was, I was given some positive feedback. And I was given some feedback that told me that, I showed up as a little arrogant. Oh, I can't imagine that, Gab. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, arrogant? And so I'm uh, rather taken aback by this. and I'm, I, I don't want this. I don't want to be perceived as arrogant. Um, and I'm a little upset by it. So uh, I might be inclined not to ask for feedback again because I'm not sure I really want to know this. Exactly. So my first, my first advice to... To people I work with on the uh, on uh, in terms of coaching is the first how to is ask again. So you know this is part part of this issue is about resilience. So it's about oh crikey I've heard I've heard something that I didn't really want to hear. However, I've got to become resilient at hearing about myself if I really want to be a good leader and move up the organization into you know more responsible leadership roles and to do that i need to understand myself really really well much better now i'm hearing things that i didn't want to hear but i've got to have the build this resilience right so the first how to for me is keep asking ask again you know get the courage up to ask again hey how did i show up here can you give me some feedback about myself in this situation or that situation and maybe this notion of arrogance will come up again but it, it is what it is. But for me, that's the first thing. Build resilience. Ask again. Right. I think that makes good sense. Because I, my sense is that most of us know what the more critical issues are that we need to address in our work lives. We know what we're really good at. And we also know where, you know, we've got some kinks to iron out. Mm. And so and arrogance is, is a really common one, by the way. And, you know, in my conversations with clients about receiving the feedback that they're arrogant, is they, there's, there's a bit of defensiveness there. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's like, no, I'm not. I, you know, I make room for other people. I don't hammer away at something. You know, I don't know why they said that. But I think that part of the reason why they're being um, defensive is because there's something that rings true in it. And, yes, yes. And, and so I'll usually say, well, maybe you want to be a little bit arrogant. <laughs> you know, right. like, okay, let's just suppose it is true. Do you like that part of yourself? And, you know, then we're in a different kind of conversation. Right. So that, for me, is the second how-to. It's, Mm -hmm. okay, you might be in a bit of a funk about this, and you might be kind of not necessarily appreciating the feedback you're getting. But to your point, there's always a lot of, there's got to be a lot of truth in it. So there's part of me that's going to be arrogant, even though I don't want to be or don't want to show up as as arrogant. So the the second how-to is what you're saying, which is, start to have the conversation with yourself, right? Right, right. And which goes back to our whole thing about being self-aware. And so that conversation with yourself, let's just keep using arrogance as the example, because we see it so much in our work. When you're really having the honest conversation with yourself about arrogance, because I have to say, truth be told, I've had to have this conversation with myself. I have been known to show up rather arrogant. And what I've uncovered in myself is I was nervous about the meeting. I was, uh, you know, I knew that there were heavyweights in the room and I had to come off sounding, you know, as smart as some of those, you know, superstars in the room. Or I felt like I didn't have any power, you know, that the dynamics in the room were such that I needed to be heard in a way that I don't, usually experience. And so I kind of do an overcorrection and I'm kind of an asshole. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like, God damn it, you're going to hear me and you're going to pay attention to me. But in so doing, it comes off as a know-it-all. It comes off as you're all, you know, all the rest of you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, listen to me. I mean, it's not attractive. I will say yeah. it's not attractive. And so I've, I've actually had to work on exactly this issue over the years. Bottom line, man, I am feeling insecure and I, I can't reveal my insecurity. So instead I overcorrect and show this absolutely, you know, obnoxious behavior of like, you can't touch me. Yes. And, um, and I think, that's a really good example of like what happens when we get really down to the nub of it with ourselves is that what we uncover is, you know, something that's more vulnerable. What I ultimately learned, I don't want to leave people hanging. What I ultimately learned how to do with that. And I did exactly what you said. I asked for more feedback. I did it multiple times. I kept hearing this. So what I ended up doing was, before I walk into certain circumstances, like, am I feeling vulnerable? Am I feeling less than, am I feeling, um, you know, scared or worried about how I'm going to be heard in this situation? And when I become aware before I walk in, it's really easy for me to change my behavior Mm. because then I can walk in and say, I've got some things to share I hope you have questions. You know, I mean, I I kind of go to my comfort zone, which is to have a dialogue rather than lower a hammer on everybody. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I like you. Early part of my career, I did a lot of work on this. I mean, I I showed up as arrogant. I had I did have one particular insecurity, which I took me a while to recognize, but I did. And then, as I kept asking, I realized how that was manifesting physically in my yeah. face and and in my body language, and also manifesting in obviously in how I carried myself and 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 the language I used. So if you keep asking, you kind of realize that all these little pieces of the jigsaw right. are showing up as as a thing. So, but the, the the thing inside me, my insecurity, that requires longer work. It's the, you know, the more superficial things about body language and so forth, which you can deal with more quickly. Um, and honestly, I would say to you, you know, when we talk about, you know, so how do you handle the feedback and you have that conversation with yourself? I would say eight times out of 10, what we reveal to ourselves is an insecurity. The other two times out of 10, it's like there's something going on in our life that's having a, ne- a negative impact on us. And so it's more aberrant than like, this is just, you know, the idiot that I am. Right. So, so that to me is the third how-to, which is once you've had the conversation with yourself, own it. Yeah. Just, you know, recognize who you are, um, you know, dial up or di- start to dial up or dial down the, the things that are going to make you effective and, and happy, but absolutely you have to own it. Right. And and to say, you know, okay, in some situations, I'm going to show up as a little bit arrogant. It's not going to bother me because I don't feel that way. Right. But, you know, uh, I've done the work I need to do. But right. So, so own it. Yeah, exactly. Here's I have a hysterical story to kind of tie all of these together. So as you have done, a good chunk of my consulting career has been delivering 360 feedback. Yes. Data. Okay. And I just kind of did a hysteric, I kind of landed on this at some point as this was the way I was going to approach every single conversation. So the client would walk into the room. I've got this, you know, whole report about them. I may or may not have known them beforehand. And I just kind of, and they may or may not have seen, they have not seen the data. And I put the report on the desk and I said, let's not open this up. You tell me what is inside here. Mm. What kind of feedback are, have you gotten? And they just laugh hysterically and they go, well, you know, they're going to say that, you know, these are my strengths. And I go, and what are the things that they're annoyed with you about? And, and the, every single time, every single time, they tell me the three things that, you know, are, are going to be critical feedback in this 360 process. So then I go, so obviously this probably isn't the first time that you've gotten that feedback, right? And they just laugh. And I go, so let's just talk about why you haven't done anything with that. Do you care about those three things? And then we're in a very different conversation. And what I've discovered is it depended where the person was in their career. If they were earlier in their career, they cared a great deal. And I used to, with one of my clients, I used to be called the, oh my God, when you walk out of a room with Nikki, you may or may not have decided to retire. Because asking that question to somebody who's later in their career, do you care enough to attend to this feedback? They've said, oh God, no. (laughs) Who needs it? I'm going to retire in another year. So then they've all come out and said like, okay, I get what I, okay, I get I get what I need to do in order to be, you know, more effective here. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Which is also being self-aware, by the way. I don't want to do it. 
And so they used to make the decision to retire. Yes. Uh, You know, so again, I think it, you know, what to do with this, how to have that conversation, how to own it is dependent on how much it matters to you personally. Well, thanks for that conversation, Nikki. It was great. This was really great too. Uh, You know, again, I think our message to people is don't be so afraid of it. It doesn't hurt if you keep doing it. You keep exactly. If you keep keep, 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 keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Uh, have that conversation with yourself and own it. Yep. Great. See you next time. All right. Thanks, Gav. Bye, Nikki. Bye, bye. Um.